Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey, welcome back this week to my Bald Head Bible Podcast. And um, I don't have a lot to say, but I do want to give a shout out to my friend Tom Lewick. I said that, hey, if you put a, a comment on the Bald Head Bible um, Podcast, either on the iTunes or wherever you happen to be listening to it, or if you leave a comment on the Baldhead Bible Facebook page, I'd love it. Well, somebody did, and his name is Tom Lewick, and he is my friend from college, and we go way back. He's a great guy. Sadly, he lives in California, and I live in Missouri. Otherwise, I'm sure we would get together and hang out, but I just want to thank you, Tom, and um, thank you for your friendship over the years, and also thank you for liking it and commenting on it. I appreciate that. So, hey, if you would like a shout out, please make a comment there on Facebook. And um, also, you know, rate the podcast. I know they, um, if I'd like more listenership, the higher the star ratings, the more people who like it, you know, it tends to then um, rank higher and get noticed. So please, you know, if you're listening to it on iTunes or whatever format or platform you're listening it on please um leave a comment um hopefully you like it positive stars help <clears throat> but uh, hey i do want to just thank you um tom for leaving your comment and hopefully someday we can get together you know this side of heaven and chat and catch up um, we have chatted via email but we need to physically you know face to face say hi how you doing so anyway, I'd love to um, get that Facebook page going, um, leave some comments and other ideas about the podcast, or hey, if you'd like a Bible character you think I should tackle next, you could also leave um, a comment or an idea there on my Facebook page, Baldhead Bible Podcast Facebook page, just look that right up there. So this week, though, we are going to dive into a new Old Testament character, one of the more fascinating ones for me. It's a very short book, very small book, but man, it packs a lot of great stuff. And we learn about a really great, interesting prophet this week named Jonah. So join us this week as we begin the Jonah series. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Jonah, Jonah. You know, you ever wonder what what does the voice of God sound like? You know, is it deep and booming like James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman? Jonah, Jonah, or or you know, I think what if it's like he, he's excited because he has something great to tell you? Jonah, 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 wake up! Jonah, wake up! Jonah, he oh responds by waking up and 
you know, we get that from the word arise, because God says, arise, Jonah, get up, stop sleeping, get up. And I can imagine Jonah's like, oh, he wakes up from his sleep and says, hey, Ma, you got a cold? You're sounding really deep these days. And I can imagine he goes back to sleep. <sighs> Jonah, Jonah, what? Oh, what? Man, is that cold going around? Is that my sister? You guys got to take some nasal stuff or something. Jonah. And Jonah hears it. He hears the voice he heard years ago. It's God. It's God speaking to him. It's Yahweh. See, Jonah was a prophet during the reign of Jeroboam II. And early on in Jeroboam II's reign, Jonah had prophesied that the northern border of Israel was going to be expanded. I mean, this was great news. And maybe during that earlier time, Jonah, because his prophecy did come true and it was a good prophecy, you know, he wasn't prophesying doom and gloom like Jeremiah or some of the other prophets. No, early on he said, yes, great things are going to happen. And then they happened. And maybe because of that, Jonah became famous. Maybe he got a book deal out of it and he started to write Jonah, prophet of God. Or maybe he started his own podcast. I don't know. But eventually I can imagine he sort of, sort of got full of himself maybe and started to enjoy the good life and started to take it easy and here where we find him in Jonah chapter 1 he's in a town called Gareth Hepper when God came to him and I can imagine when Jonah finally realizes that it's God he's excited yes and maybe he grabs a pen and paper I haven't heard from you in a while God what's the prophecy what are you gonna tell me what, what? And he come, licks his pen. And he's getting ready to write. Okay, God, what is your prophecy? I'm about to write it down because I want to hear from you. All right, God, great. What is it? And God says, arise, Jonah, and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. You can imagine Jonah's writing it. Arise, all right, go to Nineveh. Nineveh? Are you crazy? You know, I can imagine Jonah responds, Nineveh! And then he realizes, I'm yelling at God. I can't do that. Outwardly, he's, all right, God, whatever you say, I'll, I'll, I'll go. No problem. No problem. And I can imagine he puts his pen and piece of paper away, slides it in the desk, and he goes and I'll, I'll get going right away to Nineveh and he gets his suitcase out and plops it on the bed and he puts in his shorts and his shirt and his and a couple of shirts because it's going to be a little bit of a trip and then he throws in his swimming trunks and that's odd why is he putting in his swimming trunks because Nineveh is nowhere near water that seems odd see Nineveh is 550 miles northeast from Israel. It's about as landlocked as you can get. It's next to the Tigris River, so that's where it gets its water and some of the trade along the river, but it is landlocked. Nineveh also at that time was one of the two biggest cities in Assyria. And here's Jonah putting in swimming trunks. Well, maybe he's going to swim in the 
Tigris River? I don't know. And he's putting in his suntan lotion and he throws in his flippy floppies. Why is he packing his flippy floppies? You only take those on a boat. I mean, he's going nowhere near water. And I can imagine he zip, 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 zips up his suitcase and pops out the handle because it's one of those with the pull along type, you know? You pull out the handle and he's dragging along. All right, God, I am off to Nineveh. And he starts to head out. He goes, Hey, Mom gotta say goodbye to your mom when you go on long trips especially if you're a prophet right he says hey mom i just heard from the lord god told me arise and go to nineveh so i gotta leave and i've gotta go there and i've gotta declare this prophecy and so he starts all right mom i gotta go and he starts to pull his suitcase and then it hits the gravel and it doesn't pull very well anymore so then he's gotta pick it up by the handle and chug it over and then then he meets his sister hey hey i've got i gotta go god's got a prophecy for me i've gotta go to nineveh you know don't tell anybody let's keep this a secret for now and you know if you looked at him you begin to wonder Nineveh is east remember it's northeast 550 miles northeast of Israel it's east but it looked surprisingly like Jonah is heading west and can imagine he gets in his uber and you might be thinking if you're watching well he gets in the uber and he's still heading west maybe he's joining a caravan that's gonna eventually head east to Nineveh maybe that's what's happening see Jonah here he's walking he's doing something outwardly he's obeying God but inwardly Jonah is saying no way God I am not heading to Nineveh no way inside he is saying no to the call of god upon his life see because pretty much all of israel at this point hates the people who live in nineveh they're called the ninevites and jonah hates them he hates the ninevites why well nineveh again was a major city in the assyrian empire and the Assyrian Empire are one, at this point, one of the biggest enemies of Israel. I mean, they're not Jews, they're Gentiles. They worship other gods. They worship a god called Ishtar. And they worship this half-man, half-fish god named Dagon. The name Nineveh literally means fish. They were really into fish. But one thing, they love fish, but they didn't love Yahweh. They love fish, but they didn't follow the true, one true God, Yahweh. See, and Jonah knew that. Because Jonah knew the people of Israel, they were God's covenant people. And they had Yahweh as their God. And one of God's intentions for Israel was for them to tell the whole world about Yahweh. They were supposed to be missionaries to a certain extent and go out and tell other people about who their God was. They were God's chosen people, a light to the nations, a kingdom of priests, it says, right? But under Jeroboam II, the Israelites had sort of lost, lost that missionary zeal, had lost that idea of telling others about their God. Instead, they became self-absorbed. I mean, they were doing well as a country financially. They became self-absorbed and self-centered, and they just began to focus on themselves. 
So they didn't really want to tell other people about their God because they were too worried about their own financial dealings and having too much fun making all this money at home. Plus, they really did hate the Ninevites. I mean, this, again, th this is Israel's, one of Israel's greatest enemies. Can you think right now, for those of us who live in America or whatever country you're in, think of your country's biggest enemy. So I'm living in America. Think of America's biggest enemy at this point. And then imagine God calling you to prophesy to those people. See, Jonah was the only prophet. It's interesting. In all of the Bible, Jonah is the only prophet where God has asked the prophet to go, to actually go to the Gentile nation to prophesy. He wanted Jonah to go actually to the nation, the Gentile nation, to prophesy against it. Now, all the other times that God asked prophets to cry out against other Gentile nations, he kept them on home soil. Cry out against those other nations right here in Israel. But not Jonah. Jonah had to go to Israel's greatest enemy, Assyria, and specifically to one of their biggest cities, Nineveh, to give his prophecy. So he hates them. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jonah is also scared of them. Now, what I want you to do right now, imagine the scariest place or city you could think of. Think of a really scary place that you would have to go. Well, that was Nineveh to Jonah. All the stories the Israelites had heard about the Assyrians, they'd heard about how barbaric they were, how cruel they were. When they would go into battle, they would defeat all the people they were fighting, and then they would chop off their heads and pile them up at the entrances of the gates to show the nation they just conquered who was in charge. They talked about how in Assyrian they would take off people's skin and skin them alive and then put the skin on the, on the walls of the city to say, hey, we're going to do this to you if you try to rise up against us. These were cruel, barbaric people. Now, we don't know if all these stories are true. But we do know the PR, we do know the public relations, we do know how it came down to the Israelite people, whether these stories were true or not. The Assyrians, the marketing that was coming out was that the Assyrians were cruel, barbaric, and not to be messed with. Not only that, man, the Assyrians, they thought they were the toughest country on the planet. And a lot of their kings made arrogant statements about them being gods and arrogant statements about how wonderful they were and that they were godlike. So Jonah hates the Ninevites. He doesn't want to go there. He's afraid what's going to happen. Jonah was afraid. But you know what's interesting? More importantly than all of that, Jonah's afraid he doesn't like him. But more importantly, he does not want to see the Ninevites repent. You know, to put it simply, he did not want the Assyrians or the Ninevites to know about the goodness of his God. To him, they didn't deserve it. 
all the stories he'd heard about all the horrible things they'd done in battle and about all the horrible things maybe they'd done to friends of his who'd been in other countries. This was a horrible people, and they did not deserve to learn about the goodness of Yahweh. In Jonah, chapter 4, verse 2, Jonah talks about how he did not want to see these people spared because he hated them. And he knew how kind and gracious God was, and he knew that he would spare them, and he did not want to see the Ninevites spared. So Jonah's running. God said, go northeast, and he's heading southwest. You know, and I want to ask you, are you running away from the call of God on your life? You know? Are there certain things you know God wants you to do, but you just can't do it? You know, maybe God's called you to witness to a friend at school, and you know that, oh, I hate him. I hate. I know God wants me to talk to him, but I can't. That guy's been a jerk to me in the past. Maybe at work, you know, you should witness to a co-worker. You should, you should um, help a certain co-worker in need, give him money, but you don't like this person or it's going to take you out of your comfort zone and that makes you afraid. You know, or maybe you're becoming like Israel at that time. Maybe you're too self-absorbed to tell others about God. You're too busy doing other stuff. I don't have time to witness, you know? Think about it. What is your Nineveh that God is calling you to? What is your Nineveh that God is calling you to, but you're resisting that call? It could be something big. You know, you need to switch careers. Go do something else. Deal with that conflict in your life. You know you should go talk to that person, but... Or it could be something much more subtle. Maybe I need to quit a bad habit. And instead of obeying God's call on your life and go to your Nineveh, you run the opposite direction. But you know what's also interesting? It repeats over and over again in Jonah chapter 1, how Jonah is running away from the presence of the Lord. Jonah chapter 1. But Jonah rose, verse 3 and fled from the presence of the Lord. And later on at the end of verse 3, he talks about how he's running away from the presence of the Lord. It's where he's going. He's, he's, he's getting out of there. But the silly thing is, can you actually ever run away from the presence of the Lord? Can you actually ever get away from where he is? No, you can't. God is, big theological term here, omnipresent. He's everywhere. And it says he's trying to run away from the presence of the Lord. Because in many ways, I think Jonah thinks the presence of the Lord is in Israel and is there. And I think he has this limited view of where God can be or where Yahweh can be. I don't think he understands the grasp of this, that Yahweh is God of gods. He is Lord of lords. And he can be anywhere he wants to be. Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest parts of the sea, 
even there your hand will lead me. And, and to me, that psalm is a great psalm of encouragement, but it's also a reminder that you can't run away from the presence of the Lord. But that's what Jonah is trying to do. He is so upset that God is calling him to witness and prophesy to these Ninevites and probably to stop them from sinning and to worship him and all the good that, were, that would come from that. And Jonah says, no way. I don't want to do that. I hate them. I'm going in the opposite direction. God wants me to go northeast. I'm going southeast. And so Jonah are finally gets out of his Uber and arrives at the town of Joppa. Now, Joppa was a seaport, and I can imagine Jonah looks around and he finally finds it, a Greyhound boat station, or, you know, the Southwest Boat Lines. And he walks up to the ticket counter, and I can imagine the customer service rep says, So, sir, where would you like to go today? You know, and maybe this whole time God has been asking him to come back, go to Nineveh. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been convicting him to stop. No, I want you to go prophesy. You're my prophet. Go in the opposite direction. Stop, Jonah. Stop. But Jonah, at this point, his heart is hard. He's hard in his heart, and he's saying, no way. How far, how far west can I go? He's probably there at the ticket counter looking at the map behind the customer representative, and he's thinking, how far west, how, how far away from Nineveh can I get there? He looks at the board and all the various destinations, and I can imagine he looks down at his Hebrew national credit card, and he realizes, I can practically go anywhere, and then the ticket lady says, today? We're having a 60% off sale on tickets to a place called Tarshish. Have you thought about that for your next vacation destination? Tarshish or Nineveh, Jonah thinks. Tarshish or Nineveh. The lady pushes the tickets towards him. But God wants you to go to Nineveh, Jonah. But look at these tickets to Tarshish. Tarshish is about as west as you can go. Tarshish or Nineveh. What's it going to be, Jonah? What's it going to be? If you join us next week, we'll learn more about the choice Jonah made. But I just want to encourage you. Number one, you can read ahead and read in Jonah chapter one and see what happens. I just want to leave you with some thoughts. Number one, what is your Nineveh, you know? What is God calling you to, but you're just refusing to go? Or what is God asking you to do, but you're just refusing to do it? I mean, it's a, it's a gut check in my own life. I've got to think about those things. Is, is God calling me to something and I'm acting like Jonah hardening my heart? Am I truly willing to go anywhere he'd like me to go? Secondly, I just want to encourage you, you know, none of this matters, right? Unless you know the Lord is your Savior. Jonah was a prophet of God, right? He knew Yahweh. He was one of God's chosen people. And today, God says, I've sent my son Jesus. 
he died on the cross. And he rose again the third day. What are you going to do with my son Jesus? Are you going to believe he's God and follow him the rest of your life? Man, I sure hope you do. Finally, I think, how am I doing in telling others about Jesus? You know? What's my missionary spirit like? Am I willing to tell others about Jesus? Or do I get so self-absorbed with school and what I want to do and my family and my stuff that I don't take time or even go out of my way to intentionally tell other people about the gospel of Jesus. Man, I sure hope that's not true about me and I hope that's not true about you. We can learn a lot from Jonah and I just pray that this week we don't run away from Nineveh's what God has called us to, but instead we run towards it And I pray that you know the Lord is your Savior. And then once you've done that, I pray that we tell others. We tell others about our wonderful God and our wonderful Savior Jesus and what he has done for us. Baldhead Bible Podcast is created by Dr. John Katzian. Music composed and performed by Elijah Katzian. Edited by Lincoln Katzian. If you would like to listen to more Baldhead Bible Podcast, please subscribe. New episodes added every week.